Welcome to the UndraftedFreeAgent.com Mid-Major Podcast, Episode 22. I'm your host, Chris McKee. Thanks for joining me on a frigid Tuesday afternoon here in the Toronto area. And we're going to switch things up today. Today, I have a special guest joining me, Wes Brown. He is an NBA scout, college scout, has worked for NBA teams, G League teams, and as well, very important right now in this day and age because Wes is Toronto-based, just like myself. And so... Because of the border closures, all the NCAA coaches have not been able to get up to Canada to scout players for the ones that are actually playing. And so Wes is one of the key figures who will then provide scouting reports and information to college coaches all across the U.S. in order for some of the kids, you know, provide information on some of the kids that they should be looking at. Uh, and he's a great dude. Him and I have called a couple basketball games together. We did the Orangeville Prep Online University Showcase back in November. So Orangeville Prep, the number one high school team here in Canada, which is where Jamal Murray from the Denver Nuggets is from. Thon Maker, Cleveland Cavs, uh, Ignis Brzdikas with the Knicks, and uh, Lugans Dort, Oklahoma City, all from that program, as well as dozens of NCAA guys. I am the play-by-play guy, so Wes joined me doing some color analysis for the uh, online showcase and you can go check that out online on the Orangeville Prep YouTube stream. Um, still up there. It's got about five, 6,000 views on it, a lot of coaches. And I got so many messages after that from college coaches all thanking me and actually talking about, hey, I did watch the broadcast. Great job. And so Wes was on there with me. So you can check him out online. He's got his own website. It's called well, the Monday Morning Scouting Report. You can just Google. But his website is mbaprospects.com. Wes is on Twitter at Wes Blair Brown and on Instagram just as Wes Brown. Uh, you Google, you know, Monday Morning Scouting Report. You can find links to all of this. And so check out his website where he provides all the information. You got to register for any coaches or, you know, fans that just want to be interested in who the next stars are. So Wes is one of those guys who is in every single gym. I see him everywhere and uh, he's got some great information. So here he is. I'm bringing him on right now. This is Wes Brown. All right, joined now by Wes Brown, Monday Morning Scouting Report. Wes, let's jump right into it. So number of Canadians all playing across the NCAA right now. We know about the guys at the high major schools like Matthew Alexander Moncrief at Oklahoma State and everywhere else scattered across the NCAA. But any particular Canadian mid-major guys jump out at you? Maybe pinpoint you know two or three guys that you like from the mid-major programs that have impressed so far this year. Yeah, it's funny actually. A lot of the guys really are at the high majors, um, but... At the mid-major level, uh, I think my favorite guy probably who's not playing is Noah Kirkwood at uh, Harvard. Great size, high IQ off the bounce, just knows how to play a Swiss Army knife with size. Uh, But, you know, to the guys who are playing now, the top three I would say right now that I really like, uh, Jameel Telford at Northeastern, uh, 6'6 plus, great build, always was a really good defender, uh, but has shown an improved shot. You know, an aggression, a fluid athleticism, and he's playing pretty well. I believe he's averaging about 12 points a game as a freshman. And if he gets the opportunity down the road to really be, you know, a key piece of the offense and gets more opportunity, I think uh, there's a chance he makes the NBA. Uh, Fardas Amak at uh, Utah Valley, uh, he's really intriguing. He's almost seven feet, uh, pretty skilled offensively, just super coordinated, like great hands. Fluid from the catch to the finish, uh, great size. Uh, needs to improve his body a little, and will probably struggle if he makes the NBA in terms of you know guarding ball screens and, and stepping away from the basket. But 
you just don't find many guys at that size with that level of uh, coordination and athleticism because he's, he's pretty fluid. So uh, he's another really good guy to look at. Uh, one of my favorites that I always really loved is Abu Kajab at Boise State. Another guy that's a Swiss Army knife, but, you know, is, is ready now to make an impact. His shot has improved, his ability to create his own shot. The shot was really the question mark and, and why I think he had some trouble at Oregon getting minutes. Uh, but obviously was a big part of the under-19 championship team. Uh, really good attacker, blocked shots. I mean, one of the games I watched, I think he blocked five or more shots. Uh, can make plays off the bounce. Just a total team guy and has great energy and, and a great kid. So uh, those guys are, you know, I think going to sniff the NBA uh, and, you know, maybe be G League guys, but they'll have, all of them will have great pro careers. Yeah, I'm with you on all three of those guys, man. You know, I... Talked about this quite a bit on the pod. You know, I'm a creature of the night, so I've seen Boise State play quite a bit this year. Love Abu Kijab. And I wrote an article uh, last week on UndraftedFreeAgent.com, the website about the 10 best mid-major teams in college basketball, and I had Boise State in my top five. So definitely with you on that. And then Fardaz Amick, I believe he leads the NCAA in rebounds right now. Um, yeah, I think, he, I think he still is. You know, it's funny, the... I don't know if the rebounding translates as much as people might think uh, because you know, he's got good hands, but he doesn't really have that much lift. You know, that's where helping his body, refining his body will really help because against, you know, high-level athletes, even if they're 6'8", their ability to get up quickly uh, and their athleticism to get up high will probably prevent him from being, you know, I, I think he'll probably average double-digit rebounds, but mostly defensive if he were, you know, if he were at a high major. Um but, you know, they're great numbers, and there's nothing really you can say about about that. He's doing what he has to do. You know, he's doing as much as he can. Yeah, and then I'm with you with Jamil. Um, you know, I, I wasn't that familiar with him at the start of the season, and I, I watched him play quite a bit because, obviously, I'm following Coleman Stuka and Alex Nawaga, the other guys from on Northeastern that, that you and I both know well. But um, I think Jamil has mm-hmm. progressed a great deal, and uh, he's one of those guys that's just getting better game after game. Yeah, he, he's been great. I mean... He, he looks a lot more ready than you might have expected. And last year, and always really, he wasn't really given a scoring role. You know, at Thornton Lee, he was playing third fiddle, really, to uh, Keyshawn and Cassius. And uh, even at New Hampton, it, it just didn't look like he wanted to impose his will as a scorer. Uh, even though I thought he was capable, I thought he had a good jump shot, but his three-point shot really was where he struggled, I thought. And I think it looks much improved. And uh, he's going to be a prospect down the road that could end up being like a Jay Crowder type 3 and D type guy that you know could end up making it. So Wes mentioned Cassius and Keyshawn there. Who he's referring to is Keyshawn Bartholomew, who is now a freshman with the Colorado Buffaloes, as well as Cassius McNeely, who's down at Texas A&M. Both of those guys were teammates of Jamil. Uh, in high school, and I called their games as well. So that just uh, gives you an idea of some of the talent and how deep it is up here in Canada. So, Wes, I uh, wanted to jump to Jalen Suggs now. I know you're a big fan. I, I love him. I think he's the best player in college basketball. But from the perspective of an NBA scout, just want you to break down his game and explain what makes Jalen Suggs so special. Yeah, well, the, the number one thing when you're watching games is you're trying to evaluate, for me, are you – trying to help the team win are you making decisions for the team or are you making decisions for yourself you know and you come across most guys to be honest that you see them take shots here and there and you're like i don't know if i could trust that guy right 
Suggs is the first guy I've seen, you know, in my pro scouting career that has that it factor, like the guys I've compared him to, Jason Kidd, Kyle Lowry, Chauncey Billups, winners. Guards who can score much more than they do, but don't look to because they're trying to make the right play and get their teammates involved. Suggs, in terms, you know, athletically compared to those other guys, is a superior athlete, super quick off the bounce. You know, he lacks some ball skills in terms of changing directions and east-west moves. But he has shown an ability to create his own shot. And, you know, line drives, I mean, he can beat help to the rim. He's so athletic. He finishes through contact. He's got great body control. But you've had questions about his shot. I mean, he's shooting 36.7% from three. Honestly, I really like his shot. I've seen him get really hot in games. And what I really love is his ability to process the game so quickly. The second there's a right play to make, whether it's a push ahead in transition, whether it's a cut to find a guy at the rim, whether it's uh, a player going under or late on a ball screen defending it, uh, being able to just pull in that split second and recognizing it. And even if he misses those shots, just to keep the defense honest so that he can blow by them on the next possession and continue to get in the lane and create opportunities for his teammates. He thinks the game at the highest level, and every decision he makes is obviously um, for the betterment of the team and not for his own stats. And, I mean, you see it in their winning. I mean, that team's an NBA team, essentially. Like, uh, they're the first team I've ever seen that I think you could put them out there with an NBA team. I don't know if, you know, I don't know if they could really compete, but... I think it would be at least a basketball game. It wouldn't be laughable because he might end up being the best player on the court. I mean, you know, he's he's the best he's the best prospect that I think I've, I've ever seen. I see zero real holes, uh, and I have no doubt that you know. And when I say that, I don't mean he's going to be LeBron, but I have zero doubt that his floor, unless he gets hurt, which he has had a little a little bit of injury issues, uh, his floor is All Star starting point guard, and you know maybe the best or second best player, maybe like a 1B on a championship team. Like, I, I see no serious holes in his game, and I think he's by far and away the best player in college basketball, by far and away the MVP of college basketball. And, I mean, the reason that they're this team, I've seen some guys that have talked about Kispert being a higher, a better player. ESPN, I saw ranked him higher. I mean, it's not even close. Like, the reason they, they run like this is, is sucked, even though, you know, when he's off sometimes, they still do great because they have great players. But he is the best winner that I've found uh, scouting in, in my career, at least as a professional. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I agree um, wholeheartedly with that assessment, Wes. And, you know, it's funny. I was watching the game the other day. I don't know whether it's Pacific or Pepperdine, the game. And right before the game, Suggs goes over to Joel Ayayi. And the two of them just sat there and hugged each other for 30 seconds, chatting away. And, you know, what that says to me is that, you know, he, he's bought into what Mark Few is selling. He's bought into the team concept. You know, very little ego, well, yet anyways. Um, you know, he's not concerned about just getting paid. And and I, I just think that's so rare in this day and age for an athlete who's that heralded, you know, McDonald's All-American, to kind of have no ego and, and buy into the team concept, don't you think? Yeah, yeah, no, it is. It is. But, you know, these, these types of guys are almost born. Like, you don't find many guys. He's got that... Brady leadership type where you can see he gets along with everyone but he pushes them in the same way and he's super competitive uh, and 
you know, he's just he's a he's a total natural, and it's just rare you find guys like that. And you know, he was he was an uh, unbelievable quarterback as well. He had an offer from Ohio State, you know, and you could see his not just his passing. I mean, he's made some unbelievable full court passes, but his ability to think and see. You know, I've gone and done some of these tests where, you know, they have 10 balls on the screen and you're trying to keep track of it. I mean, for a normal person like me or you, it's very difficult to keep track of it all. But for him, who's played quarterback and played point guard his whole life. It's pretty easy. He sees all the things happening, you know, the crowd chanting. I mean, there's no crowd now, but, you know, he could see everything at once and process it in a split second, which is unbelievable and, and really that's one of the, the greatest skills you're trying to evaluate is not just the winning, but the ability to think the game at the highest level in that split second, being able to make the right decision as the defense rotates. So, Well, actually, there was 200 people in the crowd last night because I did watch the game when they were on the road at BYU. Pretty impressive game. But one of the things that was so annoying about that game was ESPN was showing it, and you know it was a late start, and so the Oklahoma State game versus Kansas bled into it, and of course Matthew Alexander Moncrief on Oklahoma State, so I don't mind watching, but they were down by 14 with like 30 seconds left, and they wouldn't switch over to the Gonzaga game just yet, and when they finally did switch over, it was at the 17-25 mark, and the game was 13-2 already, and it was it was over, it was game over, you know, partly because Suggs was out the gates pretty quick, but... Wanted to touch on his teammate, Andrew Nemhart, who was a guy that, you know, I know pretty well. I've, I've seen Andrew up close a number of times, and I think, you know, he's an NBA guy. But um, just from a, an NBA scout's perspective, wanted to get your thoughts on Andrew Nemhart. Yeah, you know, he's a leader. He's mature. He, he's an easy guy to, to draft there in the second round because he's reliable. You know what you're going to get from him. Again, a guy that's interested in the team that's going to get everyone else involved. It's going to make good decisions. It's not going to take, you know, stupid early shot clock, you know, waste possessions and uh, uh, really good in the pick and roll. And obviously, you know, they don't really lose a step when they take Suggs off and bring him in or, you know, they play him on the ball uh, because, you know, he's got great vision. So he's a guy that can carve out a long NBA role for the next 10 to 15 years for sure. And the great thing about where he is now is, He's playing a similar type of role that he'll project to. You know, and that really makes scouts comfortable where you're going from the exact same skill set or playing the same style, which he is, uh, moving forward to the NBA. You know, he's got a shooter around him. He's got a true big there. He's got Suggs on the wing. He's got a Yayi on the wing. So they've essentially got, you know, the making of an NBA team that's built well, a team that fits. Uh, and, and he's running the show very well. Uh, you know, his, his shot has always needed some improvement, but... I think he makes enough and, and, you know, looks to put pressure on the defense as a playmaker enough that it's really not going to hurt him that much. Uh, and I think there's room to improve there as well, especially with NBA guys coaching him. Um, but, look, he's a, he's a key part of an elite winning team, and I think you got to take that, you know, into account, just like the Raptors have drafting guys like Malachi Flynn. you got to like the fact that he's a real key part of, you know, a, a probably championship team. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. You know, I'm a big fan of Andrew, but I was a little puzzled, in all honesty, when he did make the initial transfer from Florida to Gonzaga. I, initially, it didn't make sense. Now, obviously, seeing them this year, it's absolutely the right move, what he did. So it's definitely a step ahead of the game. But I think him being eligible this year, in a way, kind of puts a wrench in Mark Few's plans for next year. I think he thought, well, I got Suggs this year, and then Aaron Cook can back up, and then Nemhard will be my guy for next year. But, um, you know, not necessarily a given that he's he's still going to stick around for next year. 
Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll see what Andrew decides to do. He's, he's got another year if he wants it to, to get the reins. I'm not sure they have recruited for next year. But, um, you know, we'll, we'll see what he decides to do. And, uh, yeah, just got just to gotta roll with it. But they've done such a good job recruiting, especially internationally, that you got to think they'll be fine either way. And they've had some guys come off the bench. Uh, I can't even remember his name. I think he was number four. Aaron, guy, Aaron Cook. Yeah, yeah, he's pretty good. I mean, I watched one game against uh, Pepperdine a week or two ago with Suggs out, and he came in, and he was he was great. Uh, super athletic, got to the rim, uh, put a lot of pressure on the defense. So uh, they, they, they have tons of pieces, and they're going to continue to get guys. So, you know, it would be nice, I'm sure, for Nemar to come back. But, you know, he's going to weigh his options. We'll see how much interest there is with the NBA teams and go from there. So besides scouting college players, Wes also does an amazing job scouting high school talent. He's followed a lot of these guys' careers from high school through college to the NBA. But going into next season from the high school players from this year in Canada, doesn't necessarily have to be mid-major. It can be high-major. But who who could be the next Matthew Alexander Moncrief from Canada who's having a big year down at Oklahoma State? You know, any one or two guys you can pinpoint from north of the border you expect to have a big season next year? Yeah, I mean, my, my top three guys for this coming year, Caleb Houston, uh, 6'8", maybe he's even grown more now. He's at Montford, committed to Michigan. Really good place for him to go and grow. Uh, they do really well with, you know, long wings that can score from all three levels in terms of, you know, teaching them good shot selection like Ignis Brzezikis in the past. Uh, you know, I, I think he thought he could have probably done more, which I'm sure he could have, with the ball in his hands, but... He shot good percentages because they, you know, they put him in situations to succeed. So I think Caleb's going to be in the same position there. Um, Charles Bediato, you know, I think a bit under seven feet, six eleven or so. Center uh, saw him at uh, NBA uh, Basketball Without Borders last year. Obviously, there hasn't been much since. Uh, I-, I watched some tape of him recently. Super aggressive, great kid. Um, you know prototypical center in terms of protecting the rim and finishing around the rim. Uh, has an ability to shoot the three as well. Uh, he's narrowed, I believe, down to his final five. Uh, some great options there. You know, he's going to be a high major kid. Uh, and uh, my, my other top guy there is actually Andrew's brother, Ryan, uh, who's actually like quite opposite to Andrew. Andrew's more of a steady, make quick decisions, whereas Ryan puts a lot more pressure on the defense as a, as a scorer, super skilled finishing package, uh, quick, you know, uh, low center of gravity, really gets wherever he wants on the floor. Uh, he's going to Creighton, and, and he's going to be playing there with Ty Ty Washington, another top, top recruit from AZ Compass. I'm not sure what they're planning on doing. I assume because those two guys are such high-level guys, they're going to play together uh, and, and be potentially – you know, at least probably the best freshman backcourt and maybe one of the best backcourts in America. Um, so those are my top few guys. Then, you know, it remains to be seen if a guy like Shaden Sharp or Enoch Boyakie will, will reclass to 21. Enoch's commi- uh, committed to Michigan State. Um, super athlete, great size, you know, going to Tom Izzo. He's had great success developing bigs, uh, putting them in positions to succeed and end up getting to the NBA. Um, so... There's no shortage of talent. And, uh, you know, the real, the funny thing is, I think Neil deGrasse Tyson posted about Tom Brady being the 199th pick. You never know. You know, you just never know who's going to grow, who's going to develop, who's going to be put in the right situation. So, 
you know, the talent is endless from here, and, you know, we'll see how those guys pan out. Yeah, and then as far as the mid-majors, you know, one guy I want to point out, Darius Diavero, who's a point guard from Orangeville Prep. You know, I've called his games the past couple of years, and he's committed to Valparaiso. I think he's going to have a big year. Any other guys, mid-majors, just kind of off the top of your head uh, that you know that have, you know, from Canada committed to any of the mid-major schools? Oh, from this year? Mm-hmm. Um, Nana Wusu is going to Brown. Uh, Jacob Holt also going to Santa Clara. Um, I have to think who else. I don't think any of the other. Uh, Sam Holt, uh, Alamutu is going to Albany. Uh, Toe uh, Randrasiet-Lama, I'm not really sure how to pronounce it. Um, he's uh, another Quebec kid from Breba. He's going to Northeastern as well. So there's a there's a ton of talent. Uh, that's going to be all over. And, you know, we'll see. Uh, oh, and uh, Josh Basco, uh, he's committed to Bucknell. Uh, so, there's 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 a ton of there's going to be a ton of mid major guys, uh, and, and one guy actually like Nana, I, I really like Nana. Um, he's a guy that I think can develop and like maybe be a four year guy that sniffs the NBA because uh, he's got great inside outside skills. You know, always played in the post, but uh, you know I've seen him in so many different settings and so many on different teams, whether it's AAU or you know rep that's you know just on the Canadian side. Um, and, and for his uh, prep team as well, uh, he's got some perimeter ability as well. He's a, he's a fluid athlete. He's got some ball skills. He's really improved his shot, and, and he's got that dog in him. So, you know, we'll see uh, we'll see how he develops and all the other guys. But you know, there's no shortage of talent. You know, a guy like Darius could end up you know being being a ten assist guy as well at Valpo. So, it just remains to be seen who uh, you know who gets the right opportunity to succeed. So there you have it. There's my conversation with Wes Brown, NBA scout, college scout. Um, Wes mentioned, you know, he's one of those guys who's in every single gym. And, of course, you can check him out online at mbaprospects.com. That's his website. You can just Google Monday Morning Scouting Report. Find him. His Twitter, Wes Blair Brown. And his Instagram, just Wes Brown. And, of course, you can check me out on Twitter at Mr. McKee. Thanks for joining me here today. I'll be back with another pod in the next couple days. Keep them coming. Of course, check out undraftedfreeagent.com, the website. Click subscribe and drop us a follow on the undraftedfreeagent.com socials. Thanks for joining me. I'm going to keep pumping them out.